Welcome to the Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara. And we share our research, experience, and acumen to build Dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Got big three thoughts coming from this week. News is always light this time of year, but some news items coming out about running backs across the NFL. New England Patriots, pair strong. Looks like he's earmarked for the role of James White uh, as talking to team officials and team reports there. Could lead the team in receiving third down areas. Jordan, we're rooting for Ramondre Stevenson. There's big upside outcomes here. Obviously, a Pierre Strong, Ty Montgomery, you're skeptical of that. But Pierre Strong, round four pedigree, this could be a thing. He does have some receiving-centric nature to his profile, has some size, has some uh, athleticism. So we shouldn't rule this out. But on the concern scale, where do you stand here for Ramondre Stevenson's purposes? I don't. Uh, I, I'm not concerned i'm not that scared uh you look at him like he is the elite receiver right like uh, in the backfield he's the best receiver right he's a better receiver than he is a runner right so and and really think back to oklahoma were... right remember oklahoma like he was yes. a receiving centric guy almost like an h back and it was like what are we going to do with this guy well he's a full-fledged running back now give, give him the ball uh so i like and so on one hand, he's a better receiver than anyone else they're going to put out there. On the other hand, I would also say we really trust news coming from the Patriots about what roles they're going to play. I mean, what do we like? This is like, what do we, what bizarre world are we living in? This is Jacob, Josh Jacobs, like just a, another year later, right? This is the exact cycle that we went through. Like we, we, we created all of these stories. It was, Ty, it was Amir Abdullah and Brandon Bolden and Zamir white was going to take his job. And then he was like, no, nope, I got it all. Don't worry about it. And I, I kind of envisioned that with Ramondre Stevenson by the time like October and November rolls around. I would also say hearkening the name James white. I would say, how dare you? For, for whoever says that, because James White, 1.88 career yards per route run in his career. Uh, you know, the drop rate was hyper low. He was an 80, coming out of Wisconsin, where they didn't produce anybody worth a lick in terms of receiving scores uh, collegiately. And he had an 80 percenter coming out of, of Wisconsin. So, again, he was a bit of a, of a, of a Tom Brady infused, but perfect storm prospect kind of coming out and always being that guy. And the Patriots have been searching for that James White type of guy since. And and color me skeptical, Pierre Strong is the new James White. Next, we got Michael. By the Carter. way, it's worth noting yeah. that James White was was robbed of the Super Bowl MVP from Super Bowl Fifty One. Like I just anytime James White's name comes up, I just yeah. want to make it perfectly clear that the fact that <laughs> the, the MVP. MVP went to Brady in that game is a is just a, it's a historical. Uh, just a lie. So anytime you see Super Bowl MVPs with Brady, just subtract one and add one of them to James White. Because Brady was has plenty of hardware in game. his house. How about you give one to James White? Right. A big one. Michael Carter yes. from the Jets. Role will likely shrink as the season progresses as Brees Hall returns to full strength. They drafted Israel Benacanda. They have Zonovan Knight, who produced in that grinder role, uh, had a 21.x age profile coming out last year. So they got a pretty big depth chart there. Michael Carter does. I mean, Jordan, we think back all the way to that draft class, boosted up round four. He's one of those poster children for someone who ended up being boosted by situation, 
fringe, maybe even sometimes firmly in round one of some rookie drafts. And we've seen it progress from, oh, look at that nice optimistic role to start. And it just keeps cascading downward with competition and him sliding, sliding, sliding. No surprise here that it might shrink this year. Yeah, he was a story that was overvalued in, in rookie drafts coming in. And then actually I looked at him and I said, hey, he was actually a pretty good rookie season all told, and on some success tracks, I said, this is kind of interesting. And then they draft Brees Hall. And he kind of converted to me as being like, okay, now he's a quality injury away guy. But that really faded last year, right? They they brought in James Robinson, who failed. Um, by the way, that's another person that was going to take Ramondre Stevenson's job. So he's already expelled one person. Um uh, and then they bring in, you know, Zonovan Knight gets work and it, it becomes, you know, Ty Johnson's getting work. So it, last year told us a lot about what they think about uh, Michael Carter is kind of what I thought. So I, it doesn't shock me. I mean, I saw today Tyler Conklin actually was talking up his former teammate, Delvin Cook, about he would be a great fit there because Brees Hall is going to be slow coming back. And Delvin Cook, you know, it would be a great tandem, basically, was kind of his point. Um, hey, that that has not stopped either, right? So I it, that's just t- like the more information you get about Michael Carter, the more you kind of see that they're looking other ways. Yeah, and Israel Abanikanda, I could argue he's superior in basically every way, you know, as a as a prospect. And so it's blocked for now, but don't be surprised if Abanikanda ends up winning that number two job by the end of this year. You see some momentum. He could be a longer term, pretty interesting injury away guy. Obviously, he doesn't have the day two pedigree. You'd love to see that a la Madison or Bigsby, you know, someone that can really have some allegiance. But Abanikanda was one of those guys as as day three started progressing. You go, that's a big time talent. Let's see where he lands. Uh, crazy young as his profile goes. And a lot of things that Michael Carter is not, uh, you know, and Carter getting now. Uh, closer to the end of his rookie contract, and he might be out there just looking for work. Tough, tough business being a mama don't raise running backs, you know, sort of as the phrase goes. Last one, Atlanta Falcons. Cordero Patterson expected to shift back more into a receiving role at the position in 2023. So could be a running back centric offense. They brought in Bijan Robinson, still have Tyler, uh, Tyler Algier. What do you think about Patterson? He provided some value for us, a boon starting one of the seasons. Uh, and it really, it's been uncertain since. And frankly, it was uncertain before that. So he, he, He's older than you think. He's in his venturing into mid thirties, but is he going to be fancy relevant for us at another point again? You have a hard time seeing that. You know, it was really surprising though that they, you know, through his time as even as a starter, his route participation numbers were very low. I mean, yeah. even in 2021, it was only 39%. And you would you would have expected given his uh, you know, given his profile coming in as a first round wide receiver, that that would have been a place where he would have lived. That didn't really happen. So I found that is kind of an interesting and uh, that was always kind of the frustration with him was you would have thought that there was more opportunity out there uh, for him in the passing game that they just never really happened. Right. It it became a little bit more committee ish. And um, and ultimately, you know, I'd be interesting to kind of see what that would look like, Uh, you know, if he plays a little bit more slot. Right. I think that's available for them. I think outside of Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London. There isn't a ton there. I mean, Mac Collins is is fine, but there isn't a ton there. So maybe they go back to using him in, in that capacity. I don't think it's necessarily a direct threat to Bijan Robinson. I still think Tyler Algiers, the injury away guy. Yeah, it almost seems like he's trending maybe to a homeless Debo version of just like some manufactured touches. You know, is he going to get a lot of targets 
deep down the field? Probably not. Um, you know, and is he going to play at running back? Probably not enough, you know? So all these situations, it just seems like, he, and now special teams largely being eradicated out of the league as well. It seems like he's a man without a role, you know, he kind of peaked out and and now it just seems like, uh, you know, Algier being such a, a solid guy to have as your running back too. It, it just not a lot of outs here for Patterson as he, as he cleans up his career at, I think 33. So um, anyway, but we'll all, it's almost like a, a happy trails. We're always going to remember, you know, how <laughs> that weird depth chart, right? Who's believing Cordero Patterson was running back one on that depth chart, like 10 days before the season, not many people, you can get them off of waiver wires. And he ended up finding a lot of lineups for a good chunk of that season. So, so hat tip to Patterson. Starting off dynasty trades of the week. Did we get enough? Uh, I want to do a Travis Kelsey one in Superflex this week. We've got Travis Kelsey traded for Jordan Love, Sam Laporta, and a 24 first. You know what the premium is? Is there a tight end premium on this set and this? Trade? Uh, yeah, 1.5. So, like, I'm assuming that this person is contending, right? Because you're making this, you're trading youth and future picks for a contending player. I'm assuming that that person did that intentionally. Uh, so, Listen, I think it's a. I like Laporta a lot, but there's a difference between second round and first round tight ends, right? So it's even, also a difference of has it done Jack versus right. one of the best of all time, right? Right. So it is worth noting that, like, if like Kincaid might be a different conversation here, um, just historically those numbers are different. One well, so connection I, to a quarterback of what ilk, right? Right. Exactly. So I, I do think there's a difference there, and it doesn't it warrants sort of noting um yeah i think jordan loves interesting but like this is the type of trade that you make if he's your qb3 plus right i mean so you're dealing from depth at quarterback and frankly jordan jordan if jordan love is one of your essentials you probably don't do a trade like this right because you don't feel good enough about that premium position and you're probably not a contender Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're relying on Jordan Love this year, you're probably not in shape to trade for Travis I, Kelsey. The, the conversation, the, the thing I've been bringing up with a lot of people when they've been talking about Kelsey um, is if he puts up one of his typical seasons, you know, a lot of these trades, whatever happens in 24 plus erosion wise, if he surprisingly retires, whatever, I don't know if it matters a whole lot. I don't know what your take is on that, Jordan, but one big typical, he plays like a wide receiver tight end seasons with any premiums and he is helping your team versus, I mean, how many, how many, how many competitors? Nine. If you don't have, uh, we'll see what Kittle does. I don't think Pitts is going to be in this, in this grouping for now. Like I know you like to look at redraft versus dynasty ADP redraft ADP doesn't have Pitts in the top three. So I I just think that Andrews and then maybe one or two others, other other owners, maximum are the ones that you're not boat racing by basically starting two guys. And if you get one of those seasons, you can't predict a championship, but you can sure as heck help your chances. If that's a later first, I mean, I think this is a pretty affordable price. No, I mean, like yeah. if you get one big year, one big typical year, and I, I didn't even say big career year, we're not even talking that. Just show up and post Kelsey because that's like. You, you've been showing up and doing exactly that, like Tony Gonzalez. I mean, it hasn't even been like competitive in terms of what you do typically. Yeah, six six years is tight end one, right? Basically wrapped <laughs> right. around one Andrew season at tight end yeah. one. Um, I, I'll say this too, like you just sort of take away the players for a second, put valuations in there. Jordan Love, right? 
kind of in that 112 range and some trades. We saw those Lee types first, of trades. Right. Laporta in this format, like 202 range, somewhere in there. And a future first, right? You pay that for Kelsey. So I think you got to be, you know, when three you get names Three quarters attached. for a contending dollar. Is that right. a way to kind of post it? Yeah. Yep, I think so. It feels like a lot. It feels like pieces. But like you said, Laporta, I mean, slow progressing tight end is a typical position trajectory. So is that a 2024 arrival, 2025 arrival? We'll see. A never arrival. I mean, if you end up that Laporta two or three years from now looks like Pat Fryermuth, where you're like, he's never hitting, you know, it just does not look like he's going to come together and challenge for the top three or that top group ever. Like that's probably the thing you would fear the most, right? Like is if Laporta hits big or Jordan Love hits big, that first really isn't going to make you make or break it. You're a strong team. You added a big time piece. It's probably going to be a late first. Yeah. he He's more strikes me as like, I think he Laporta looks to me like Kittle. Right. I mean, I think I think he plays a lot like Kittle. His profile looks like Kittle's. Um, so, you know, if if he became that, it wouldn't be surprising to me. But, you know, as an odds based thing, right, as a you know, using our process, right, I don't get super attached to rookies because I understand what their base rate is. And you got to be right. really careful when you and their you, early hit rate is in the first yeah, year or two. Right. 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 But Sorry, if you told me that if you told me that a tight end from this class is going to be. Uh, you know, a number two option on an on an excellent offense. Uh, Laporta would rank ahead of Michael Mayer, like without question, oh, yeah. without yeah. question. Uh, I mean, I think Kincaid can do that as well. But La- Laporta and Kincaid are the only two guys in this. But again, you have to be careful when you say that because like, there is a gap between those two guys historically. Even though Kincaid's you know later half of the first round, early part of the second round, there's a huge huge chasm between first and second round tight ends historically. One more deal here, stock format uh, in terms of tight end, but it is super flex. We have Chigo Conquo traded for Antonio Gibson, Jalen Tolbert, and 210. That's a, that's a lot to get back from a, a Conquo. Right? I mean, you, you think about those guys, and I'm not even a Tolbert. Like, just set aside Tolbert for a second. right? You, you look at tight ends, and if you can get something in the mid to early part of the second round for a tight end, that's a really good cash out. Histor- yeah, a couple, you know, couple seconds, yeah. Yeah, and you're getting you're getting that. So um, there's a non-zero, you know, we're, we're working on this project for football guys about like, you know, uh, you know, what are the vibes in certain places? And I think you and I said the same thing about Washington, which was like, there's a real chance that Gibson's the answer to the question, right? And you know, we could kind of debate him a little bit and we're going to, we're going to talk about him and, and the, uh, you know, in the, in our deeper dive on the Patreon side this week. But uh, I, I do think that like, that's a really intentional and I think smart person to put in this trade for a Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at it from getting to a two ten plus, you know, and I would have probably gotten someone different than Tolbert, but you know what? Some teams don't have a lot of uh, of yes. options that you can add, you know? Right. So if they wanted tight end, they're light at tight end. You didn't want anybody back. You might've been wanting to recalibrate and shed uh, a tight end. This might've been your tight end two or three. And then you, you do, you want to pick, you want to recalibrate two ten in super flex. That gives you options. That gives you flexibility. That could be, uh, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett. That could be Mike Evans. That could be, uh, just staying pat. And that could turn into tank Bigsby. So you could really mm-hmm. recalibrate your, your, uh, balance you know on your on your roster from eh, a little too heavy at tight end and Oconquo, like i get the argument for why a breakout could easily occur but man like just he's on the higher side of price point for betting on that you know so like and again if you don't if he finishes at tight end seven how great do you feel 
I don't know. I still think you'd like the other side. Like I, I don't think there's a lot of ways you lose this getting an injury away guy or better with Antonio Gibson. And then two ten you can play around with. You can always yeah, kick like that, that, right? You can always yeah. kick two ten. Even if the board goes sideways on you, you go, eh, give me a future second. Like you right. just parlay that and and don't don't actually place the bet yet. And uh, Tolbert, who knows? I mean, maybe if you get an injury uh, to somebody, you keep him, and maybe he doesn't even make your roster depending on roster size by week one. Who knows? I mean, heck, Tolbert and two ten might be two oh eight and get you inside a cut line. You know what I mean? Or inside a inside a tier break, something like that as well. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share uh, a quick uh, aside the, you know, from life and dynasty lessons learned. And I had a, I had one this week and it's basically about grinding through the tough times. You know, we, uh, we had a few day period where a non-ideal living situation, uh, we had it thrust upon us. It wasn't intentional. And we just felt like, man, like this is rolling snake eyes and there wasn't really a way out. You have to grind your way through it. And I kind of thought about, the the parallel to dynasty as we always do in this section of we always talk about those tough times you know it could be week one it could be you're sitting right now with 10 backup running backs you know like i don't know like like and you sit there and you ask us questions like oh should i be trading for running backs and we go no just sit there no it's tough or someone sits there and they have a glaring hole in their roster and like i tried these five avenues and it hasn't worked out all right well just wait just wait and it's a tough situation. I know you want to look at your roster and you want it to be better in this certain area, or you want more clarity. You want more auto starts. We get all that. But if you've tried avenues, you know, you got to fight through the times that could be fighting through buys. I mean, I, I think Jordan, we've all shared stories of like, you get to, you have like five good wide receivers and you're like, all right, I'm good. Well, you get a buy and two injuries that are going to last for a month. And you're like, oh man. And all of a sudden you're, you can't wait to get Isaiah Hodgins or like, you know, a uh, uh, Richie James. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> like you just, so you get in situations like that, but it doesn't mean the next summer you're like, well, I got to be eight deep at wide receiver. No, you drew a tough hand. You drew a tough hand. You got a tough out and you got to fight through that. Can you get through that stretch? You know, that four game tough stretch, two and two. It's like an NFL team. You're waiting for your team to be back full health. We talk about being at full strength or peak powers later in the season when it matters. You may it may cost you a buy, but you know what that costs you? It means you play one more game. You make the playoffs and you play one more 50, 50 game and you do your best. So if you have no running back clarity for certain weeks, uh, you know, buys injuries, it feel, you know, you get the Russell Wilson season last year, right? I mean, that was supposed to go way better. Uh, you get these down years, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be better. Like you get these situations. Well, you hold through. You don't sell Russell Wilson for running uh, wide receiver, sorry, running back wide receiver, say tight end too. Uh, quarterback 25 prices. You know, you don't do that. You hold firm on profiles. You don't sell low, you know, on a guy that you say, uh, this should be better. The down year for the mid 30s uh, quarterback. You So you just got to grit your teeth. And that's why it's a portfolio game. That's why you you just say, I'm doing the best I can. I'm maybe trying to make trades. I'm working the waiver wire. I'm setting lineups. Hopefully I get a good draw for the, for the opponent, but man, like sometimes it's just, it, it it's dealt right in front of your face and you got to do the best you can. And that doesn't mean you change your macro strategy to try to prevent that scenario in advance. You can't, you just can't. And it's tough sometimes, but you got to sit there and, you know, Jordan told, told a great story that we didn't record, but sometimes you have to sit there on the plane with puke on you. Sometimes <laughs> that's the scenario. It just happens. And what you do, you can't in advance go, well, I might have puke on me on this flight. Let me plan for that. No, it's an outlier scenario. So I think for Dynasty, you just got to grind through those tough times. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm actually in a startup draft right now and things went haywire quickly and right, kind of missed out on the second elite quarterback and you know, 
and probably regret not making a trade. And but one of the things that I, I kind of came back to, it was actually some muscle memory. Uh, you know, years ago, my super flex strategy was actually to wait on quarterback because you could get into the mid rounds. You know, the Staffords, the the pre MVP bounce back of Aaron Rodgers, right? Kirk Cousins, uh, Matt Ryan, sort of in Brady, that range. You, who knew Brady had five years left? Correct. Yeah, all those guys sort of in that range, right? As the, that was sort of early on in Superflex, as the market has matured, that being in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth round has really gone away. All those guys have come up higher. This year, it is reverted back to that a bit because there are questions about players in that range. And I missed out early on a quarterback and I, I kind of went back to saying, you know, I, I had one, I had Lamar Jackson, but I didn't have the second one, which I usually anchor to and say, you know, now come get me. I didn't have that. And so it brings out a whole different other, you gotta, you gotta adapt, right? You have to sort of figure out how to roll with the punches in that scenario. And kind of like you're saying, right? You, you can, you have to use that prior experience. You have to use, uh, you know, kind of getting through and, and grinding through that, that un, that non-ideal situation and, and kind of find yourself out of it, uh, you know, for, for your team. Yep. Do you want to mention uh, some of the things on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank? It's over there at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. As you would expect, we've had a great following over the first couple of months since we debuted this show. And that continues. Uh, we're knee deep in discussing in depth all 32 running back depth charts. So you're going to want to get that every single week. Uh, you're getting uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus minutes on these depth charts. And we set the stage for the preseason and headed on into week one for the best values. Um, I just did an office hours. We switch off. You get uh, basically four of those a month. Um, I looked at the best dynasty value, uh, bang for the buck for each position, looking for ROI and payoffs there. So you get some, some solo shows from Jordan and I. You also get uh, after hours, you get some stories. Uh, we talked about giving up dynasty fantasy football as an analyst, as an owner completely, you know, a pretty, pretty heartfelt conversation a week ago. And we're, like I said, we're, you get backstories like that. Uh, and you also get um, the knee deep uh, positional and dynasty analysis, uh, the nitty gritty there so that you're prepared for uh, a position in running back uh, these couple months as we go through these depth charts for, uh, frankly, the position that's probably going to take up the most aggregate roster spots in your whole dynasty portfolio. So big keys there. You're going to get that every single week. Bonus shows beyond this show also saying thank you, you know, guys for, for, you know, not calling football guys, you know, the end of the football guys dynasty show, the quits, you know, that, that, that we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep having our, our Tuesday recording sessions and maximize that for, for the dynasty listeners out there. So supporting us, uh, it's been a great response so far at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Thanks so much for listening this week uh, to Dynasty Think Tank. Follow us at Chad Parsons NFL, at MacMarin Dynasty. And we have our own Dynasty content channels, analyticsofdynasty.com. Jordan records a ton of shows over there, as well as his Dynasty content. I'm at UTHDynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 